Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Look at that. Figgy got us vibing. I like it. In for Landry Locker, John Lopez. I'm Sean Bajani. Adam Spillane here as well. Coming up in an hour and change, 1240-ish, we're going to be... Uh, Going live to Indianapolis at the uh, Combine. Talk to Cody Stutes. He'll give us the uh, latest um, schedule for today. Wide receivers and running backs doing on-field work. So, be looking forward to that. I saw this, I believe it was yesterday evening, Spo, and I immediately felt like an idiot because I was thinking only about this guy being a former Titan, not a former San Francisco 49er, and that's uh, linebacker Aziz Al-Shair. In the mutual interest that might be shared between him and the Houston Texans, that, according to a Aaron Wilson report uh, yesterday, Shair spent the previous four years with the 49ers, and that means all of his career uh, up until last year's prove-it deal with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, with D'Amico Ryans, a couple of years as position coach at linebacker, then two years uh, as uh, the defensive coordinator, uh, in which D'Amico excelled at tremendously, setting up him, obviously taking over as the greatest head coach in Texans history already, just after one season, right? How about that? Al Shire, man, is that a potential target for you if you're D'Amico Ryans in this Houston Texans defense this offseason? By the way, uh, contract projections. I don't know what you feel about these. I always feel like they're going to be slightly off until proven otherwise. We'll have to keep a monitor on this. According to PFF, the projection for uh, one Aziz Al Shire, three years and about uh, thirty-eight million dollars, uh, twenty guaranteed, about uh, seven, a little over seven million AAV. I believe the no. What was is that the projection? Yeah, I think a little over seven in the you change. Said three eight. years, thirty-eight, didn't you? Yeah, three years, thirty-eight. So what That's would that be? That would seven. be like uh, it's like twelve. Maybe like half. yeah, eleven and a half, twelve and a half, something like that. Yeah, um, it's a bit high. Um, but he's twenty-six, and so that helps. And the fact that D'Amico Ryan's knows him and knows him well, I, I think that sort of stuff is important. And so I think familiarity really matters. And if D'Amico Ryan thinks that he fits within the scheme, then go ahead. But that's not. 
again, that that ta- that price tag is a little high, especially when I think there are other areas on the roster that they need to focus on first. Yeah, uh, let me see. Eleven and a half uh, is the AAV. Three years, twenty point two five. $6.75 million per year, 11 and a half fully guaranteed. That's the projection for Al Shire. So I was wrong. It's a little better. Thinking of somebody. Yeah, I mean, come on. You paid Denzel Perryman uh, two and change last season. And he probably exceeded expectations or exceeded that contract. It's cool, right? Gave you a little bit of nasty. Gave you a little bit of consistency. Um, was significantly improved in the linebacker core from the year before that and the year before that and the year before that, right? You like it. But if you could do better for that, less than $7 million per year, which is what I was initially thinking before I jacked the numbers up, I mean, come on. It's something that D'Amico Ryan spoke about earlier this week when I think it was Cody Stutes that asked the question, the difference between you know players that you know that have been in the system versus the ones you don't, that you're going to be shopping for or exploring, trying to learn more about. And there's always a side with a player that you have familiarity with that you know understands and fits the system. And I started thinking about it like this, because if you look at last year's offseason and the way D'Amico Ryan's Nick Casario built this defense specifically – they didn't go out and get a whole bunch of young guys. I mean, they went out and got Sheldon Rankins. They went out and got Jimmy Ward. They went out and got Denzel Perryman. And they utilized some players that they thought, you know what? They, they were okay. They've shown me enough ability in year or years past that could really thrive in this defense. Blake Cashman, right? Um Whereas offensively, you tended to side a little bit more with the younger. I mean, you had a rookie quarterback. You had a rookie, rookie uh, standout wide receiver in in Tank Dell. Um, you had Juice Scruggs and Jared Patterson on your offensive line at one point in time. Like, they went far more youth offensively than defensively. Shouldn't that be a template that maybe we concentrate on and maybe that the Texans follow a little bit closer defensively again this offseason? Probably, and it again, it, it makes sense for somebody who has background with D'Amico Ryans because it's not just that D'Amico Ryans knows him. It's that he knows D'Amico Ryans and he knows the system, and it's hard enough to come into this league and to change teams and to go through the whole transition of, I'm playing for a new team, new city, all that stuff, and then you have to learn a new system. Well, if you already know the system, mm-hmm. then it's a whole lot easier. It makes the transition so much more e- uh, so much easier, and so that's why somebody... Um, like uh, Al Shahir, that that makes sense. Yeah, I get excited about you know that, and I, I, I get excited. I, I do. Well, I mean, you don't get excited about much. That's I true. mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, and it's all good. Everybody's different, but I got excited about it when I heard Al Shahir. Look, he played really well against the Texans last year. Uh, good player for the Tennessee Titans on a prove it deal. I think he made like five and change or six and change on a one year deal with the Titans. Last season, and if I'm the Titans, I'd be looking at trying to retain him. To be quite honest with you, but if you're Al Shire, you got to be really looking hard at the Texans. And going back to the Barkley report yesterday for Aaron Wilson, if he's got the Texans as his top target, guys that have a familiarity to D'Amico Ryan's probably at the very top of their list as well. And if you're the Texans, you got your pick of the litter in terms of 
the best fits, may not be the highest priced guys, may not be the most talented guys. But again, I point at this. Look at what D'Amico Ryan's in this defense and really in large part the Texans did with the talent that in some cases was already here that you thought wasn't very good because they were in crappy regimes, in crappy systems, schemes rather offensively or defensively. Good coaches can make uh, what you think are marginal to below average players look pretty damn good at times. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so that's why I got excited and then a little bit more excited about the fact that he's a former 49er. All right, why don't we get to this? Do you think the Texans could go a completely different direction than a lot of people are anticipating with the 23 overall pick. Yeah, we've seen a lot, and this is coming from like Sean, from Landry. Um, you've seen mock drafts that have had the Texans taking tackles. And again, I don't think that they're necessarily going to take a tackle. I would not probably take a tackle if I were them. But I don't think it's like that out of the question that tackle it could Tackle is happen. in the defensive? Offensive for- tackle. <laughs> I don't think it's like that out of the question that they could do it. And Figgy... Landry said that if the Texans take an offensive tackle, he'll eat a Mel Kiper draft guide. So please hold him to that. I'm putting did that on you. Did he say that? He did. Check the Twitter. Offensive tackle. Are you sure? Offensive, offensive tackle? tackle. He yeah. said that. He I've seen that on three different drafts, man. I think it's a good bet. Landry said if the Texans take an offensive tackle, he'd eat a page. I challenged him. I challenged him to a, a Mel Kiper draft guide because <laughs> Mel Kiper has the Texans taking a tackle at 23. Now, again, I don't think that I, it's I, we've. That wouldn't surprise me if they did, though, man. I don't know why. It just wouldn't surprise me. So, unfortunately, Mel Kuyper doesn't make the draft guides like he used to. So, what I'm going to do, Figgy, I'm going to go on eBay and buy one of the old Mel Kuyper draft guides with my own money (laughs) with the expectation that I'll be reimbursed by the station. (laughs) And then he will will have to eat the draft guide. Um, So, the reason why it's not – I don't think it's totally out of the question – is the way that I look at the draft, and I can't remember, there's a GM who said this, and I can't remember who the GM was, but he said, you fill holes in free agency. You draft for depth. And as we saw last year, the Texans needed depth at tackle because both their tackles missed a considerable amount of time, or at least the guys that they expected to be their tackles. Um, Laramie Tunsil obviously missed three games. He's He just had knee surgery. He's, he, he'll be 30 when the season starts. Titus Howard was supposed to be the right tackle. He got hurt during training camp. They had to move him to guard, and then he got hurt again. And so they were having to play George Fant at tackle, and and even George Fant couldn't get through the entire season. So you need depth at that position. But also, um, who's to say that this guy plays tackle in college? It doesn't mean that they can't move him inside in the NFL. You know, the Texans might view that guy as an inside guy once he gets to the NFL. So I don't think it's necessarily completely out of the question that they could go tackle. Now, if it's me, I would trade the pick, and I would trade the pick for somebody who's going to be good right away. But if they go and they take a tackle, it would not be the most shocking thing to me in the world. That's a deeper conversation. Uh, You know, it's really two and one, but we can have it. We're here for it. We've got time. Um, I, I said this earlier, I think, you know, that, Look, this Texans offensive line as it's currently constructed, and let's just talk specifically about the guys that you had penciled in as starters going into last season, right? Laramie Tunsil, Kenyon Green, um, <clears throat> not Scott Questenberry, though it was looking like that was going to be the case the first week or so, but uh, Juice Scruggs at center, Shaq Mason, Titus Howard going back to right tackle. All of those guys, whether it be on their rookie contract 
or deals that they'd signed with a team are signed through the 2026 season. There's that. You've also got depth now with Jarrett Patterson. George Fant's going to move on. Josh Jones is a free agent. Okay. Um, who knows what happens with uh, Scott Questenberry, what decision they make on him. You need depth all over the place, I'd say, outside of the center position. To me, if I'm a veteran offensive lineman that is a free agent, and admittedly, you need to take a look at that market, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know if it looks good, if it looks bad, if it's horrible, whatever. I just know this. The Texans found a way to piece it together last year with guys like freaking Josh Jones, Michael Dieter, George Fant. Like, at the end of the day, did a pretty damn good job of getting some dudes in here, especially late considering there was injuries all over the place every single week, it seemed like. And you found a way to fill these gaps. Hell, they went out shopping and got a damn dude that was moonlighting as a fullback in Kendrick Green to come in here and play left guard for a game or two for you. Did a pretty damn good job and was probably the most productive left guard the Texans played all season long at the position. Um, Maybe he's back if he's healthy. I don't know. But I would love if, in fact, you went the more veteran route as opposed to drafting a young guy that you would slide in to that position this next year. Like, and maybe you're not saying that particularly. It is about depth, and the Texans have been very adept at letting you know they need to get deeper at all positions. We all agree with that, but you need a really good foundation on that offensive line, and I think that can be provided best if you're able to go get the left guard variety of a Shaq Mason. Let me throw a hypothetical at you. Mm -hmm. Titus Howard played seven games last year. It was okay in those seven games. Again, they had him playing out of position, which, mm. again, we can. that's a whole other thing. Titus Howard's cap number for 2025 is $20.5 million. Mm-hmm. Let's say Titus Howard misses half the season again next year. Mm-hmm. You good with Titus Howard at 20.5 cap number? Or if you had an opportunity to, to, do, to, if you had an opportunity to save half that, would you take it knowing that you have his replacement already on the roster as a guy that you drafted in the first round? He's got uh, two more years Howard's, on his contract. Yeah, but if if he misses next but it, year, but it, but if you need, if you need to create cap space next year, uh-huh. and you have Titus Howard on the books at twenty point five million, right, coming off of back to back injury, possibly. Listen, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. a hypothetical. Coming off of two injury riddled seasons, is that a move that you would make when you know that you have somebody right there who you think that can replace him, and can soak up those those starts at, at right tackle. Like, that's why, to me, you fill your holes in free agency. All the holes that we think the Texans have in free agency, that's all the all the holes that we think the Texans have right now, fill those in free agency. Then, then And, of course, free agency comes before the draft. So then you fill all your holes in free agency, then you have the draft, and then you draft for depth. And then you're looking at, okay, we might have to move on from this guy next season Let's draft his replacement now. We get him in the building. He gets a year of practice with us. That way, when we have to let player X go, player Y is right there to step in, and it's like and it's a seamless transition. Yeah. I, That's look, how I would handle the draft if I were them. It so you would take an offensive line, you'll take a tackle. I I would not rule it out, is what I'm saying. Okay. I am saying if 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 they if they still pick at 23. And there is a, a tackle at 23 that they have a really high grade on. Take him. Laramie Tunsil just had surgery to clean up a knee. 
right? Um, that dude played his ass off through that injury this past season. He's not getting any younger. He's going to be playing in his age 30 or 31 season, I believe, be 30. this year. Okay, 29 30. right now. That's right. He's been around for a while. So. Yes. Um, I'm more concerned about Tunsil's future health. Than he's, I, he's played more, though, than Howard has. Then I think I am Titus Howard. Howard played seven games last year. I understand. And and why? 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 We had two separate injuries. Is it a soft tissue? I think he had the hand, right? He had the, the hand. The he broke the hand. Yeah. And what was the other one? I don't remember the other one. I don't. He's I, had uh, he's had knee issues, though, in the past. Um, you were there. You should know this. <laughs> Dude, sorry. They went freaking four <laughs> deep in every damn offensive line position knee. last year. It was a knee There's injury. a lot of crap you had to deal with, okay? <laughs> Titus Howard, because it was a knee injury. <laughs> you want me to recall every damn thing? Not that old? Nine different. I, it doesn't matter about being old. It's about just trying to keep up with this. Crap. Yeah. So, but he, nine he had, different starting offensive lines last year. He had a knee issue his rookie year, a knee issue last year. Like that stuff doesn't necessarily go away. No, it doesn't go away. But damn, man, it's football. Everybody's dealt with some sort of injury. Uh, I, I'm just because of uh, the. He's younger. I think I'm more concerned with a guy like Laramie Tunsil and he's his so injury good, issue. I know he's so no, good. No, but but again, but you you bring up the point too. Like it, it would be nice to have somebody that you can just slide in. A if, swing, yes. yes that, either, I'm talking if, myself into that because look, Charlie Heck, okay, get the heck out of here. Like the he wasn't healthy either. I mean, he was healthy for like, he's he ready to go. Like the, he missed the, most of the year. Yeah, he was good to go for like the last four weeks of the season, if that, right? If I were calling. And again, I, I don't hate the idea as you think about how badly you needed depth. But then again, the ability by Nick Casario to make some pretty savvy moves during training camp. I mean, you traded a fifth rounder to go get George Fant, who's a starting level right tackle and was. He's he's going to parlay that into a starting contract for somebody this offseason in my mind. I don't think he's in chance in hell he's coming back for the Texans um, because you've got the tackles locked in, lined up, and presumably healthy to start training camp. You're not going to need his ass. So I trust Casario to go out and frugally and savvily get another George Fant-ish type of a guy or Josh Jones type of a guy. Now, granted, Josh Jones, after he broke his hand, didn't end up playing a lick for you afterwards. But you didn't need him to because you had Tunsil powering through and you had Fant playing damn good right tackle. Um, What happened to Fant, by the way? Uh, he, he didn't play for like two games towards the end portion of the season. Who did he get replaced by? Why am I struggling with that? Uh, because it certainly wasn't Titus Howard. Who started at right tackle for him a couple of games? I think it was Charlie Heck, right? Yeah, yeah I, it I was Heck. Heck. Yeah, Charlie yeah, Heck. Yeah, we yeah you're right. Scared. Yeah, we thought he was going to get work. <laughs> yeah, and like, Heck, oh, man. Heck was like praying for CJ that week. He was he was, he was, was pretty good. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, had, he was all right. Everybody was all right, to be honest. Yeah, he was pretty good. 713 I, I, I just, like, with free agency, it's about 2024. When, you, when you're making free agency moves, it's about 2024. To me, the draft is about... 2024, 2025. It's about the future. That's what the draft is for. And so you just you just want to have you want to give yourself options. And again, I'm not saying they should take a tackle. I'm just saying I wouldn't rule it out just understanding that you have two highly paid tackles right now and both have had some trouble staying on the field and you have to take yeah. that into account when you're building out a roster. Look, we're we're a little over, but just 
talking it through. I mean, geez, you, you might not have to move up or even take that guy at 23. Trade could the pick. Be a, well, they could be available in the second round. Like, how many... There's going to be runs on quarterbacks. There's going to be runs on receivers. There's going to be runs on cornerbacks. There's going to be runs on defensive tackles. Like, hell, at some point in time, you could probably find one of those really good dudes that you don't need. If you're talking about depth in the future, you don't need to go get that guy in the first round. You can get him in the second round. You can get him in the third round. You can move up with one of your two fourth-round picks and get an extra third or maybe get a late-round second and get that guy. 713-572-4610. I'm exploring all options. Coming up next, we'll play the hits. Day's top stories. It's in the loop. Stay there. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. In for Landry Locker and John Lopez, he's Adam Spillane. I'm Sean Bajani. I lied. Uh, we'll play the hits coming up next. Hey, first time I've done this show in we... a while. But what? You're having a rough day. No, I'm not. Why are you making a mountain so, out of a molehill? You just screwed up the tease. Oh, you know, you, you could have stepped in and helped. You are the co-host, oh, I right? Paying, I wasn't paying attention. Oh, <laughs> ass. You screwed, screwed up the teeth. ass. <laughs> you talked without the microphone being on, and then you called yourself John Lopez. That was last segment. Can you move on? I mean, it seems like you're having a rough day, and I'm, I'm concerned for you. You're concerned? I'm, I'm doing just so fine, are you I concerned? Think. I'm not concerned. I okay. think he got this, man. Appreciate you, bro. I, th- I, think, I, think, what, I think what it is, man, I think you've been working the graveyard shift, and you. I think you're in the groove now. And I, oh, this is the groove. Adam would disagree. <laughs> I think I would, too. No, I You're think, supposed to be sharper when you work a lot. <laughs> I'm supposed to be, yeah. Story of my life, I man. I think you used to Area 45. So, yeah. you know, you doing in the loop. You might, you got to get You know what, man? Bit. My life is about being uncomfortably comfortable. Um, <laughs> it's just a process. You just do it. Yeah. <laughs> you just do it. That's all I'm trying to figure out, man. 41, still trying to figure out what the hell's going on here. I put a poll question up because we were talking last segment about uh, what the Texans uh, should consider doing at number 23 overall. Spo says, to hell with number 23 overall. Trade up and get trade you it. a dude. No, get don't, you don't a trade dude. up. Just trade the pick. Get a player. Yeah, get a real player. Get somebody who's going to help you right away. Oh, well, okay, trade up, trade down, trade the pick. Get a dude, right? Can we yes. agree? Get a dude. That dude could be a offensive tackle. So I started a poll question. Would you be disappointed if the Texans drafted an offensive tackle in the first round? Spolane thinks they should consider it. Uh, yes, 
smart for the future. Well, I didn't say no, dumb, <laughs> and unnecessary. I, don't, I think you kind of misrepresented what I said. I don't think so. <laughs> Did you get that at all from the last conversation that we've had, Figgy? No, I felt like Spillane was saying he wouldn't be surprised. If yeah, I said I wouldn't it. rule it out. Okay, so you think they should consider it. I said I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> so you're misrepresenting it a little bit. <laughs> okay. And now I'm going to be ratioed for it probably. Um, well, so far, 14 votes, 79% say no, it's dumb and unnecessary. 21% of the people agree with you that it would be smart and for the future. Again, I said I wouldn't rule it out. Big difference. <laughs> how, how would you feel if they did draft an offensive line with that pick? I, I think it would be, first of all, I, I think that it would probably tell you a little bit of, A, what they think about the two tackles that they have, and I think that they would be preparing to maybe move on from one of those two. And I think that when you are... When you're drafting a guy in the first round, I think that you have the future mapped out. Like when you draft C.J. Stroud, you know he's going to be your quarterback for ten years. If you when you draft um, Derek Stingley Jr., you know he's going to be in your secondary for a long time. If you draft a guy in the first round, the expectation is that he is going to be a starter for you for a long time. And so, if they draft a tackle in the first round, thinking that he's going to play tackle for them, it means that they think he's going to be a tackle for them for a long time. But not this year. No, and, and or that's next okay. Year, or the year after that. But ain't that some so, problem, though? Because I feel like they spent a lot of money on the well, offensive they have, line. They have done they a just, lot of draft picks. I know. They just made Laramie Tunsil the highest-paid left tackle in football. Yeah, they just made Titus Howard the fourth-highest-paid right tackle in football in which he hasn't played in, like, a year. So I just don't think that that's going to happen. I think it's a really good bet that Landry actually made. I don't know how he does on his gambling habits. It wasn't and a bet. I, I just challenged him. No, Landry made the bet, right? What? Oh, you're the one that challenged him? Yeah, he, he, said, he was the one who said that they weren't going to do it, so I said, okay, if the Tex- if the Texans eat a Mel Kiper draft guide, if the Texans... That was a good recommendation by you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which... He, he took it. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. We all have a reason to hope. Very Texas. John McClain of him, who once ate that's, that's a uh, where I page out of the Houston Chronicle. Yeah, good job. Now, that's going to be entertaining when uh, that doesn't happen, so not so much. <laughs> you won't have to eat it. Well, I'm not buying the draft guide until they actually do it. <laughs> that's, uh, that's I'm going to wait to buy the old that's smart. Draft Very guide. financially savvy move by you. I wouldn't purchase that either because uh, you should not expect a reimbursement. Uh, from anyone. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm gonna, it doesn't I'm hurt. send it in. It does not hurt to try. 713-572-4610-572-4610. Because Sean and company need to move around with this take. What does that mean from the 281? What does that mean? Get Landry and Lopez back on the line because Sean and company need to move around with this take. I don't understand that. What? What take? I am. Do not associate me with Adam Spillane's cockamamie idea of uh, considering a tackle in the first round. Um, I said I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> that's the same thing. If he's the best player out there, then, then take him. But again, I would trade the pick. You know, you said that maybe means more about the Texans maybe moving on from a tackle uh, sooner than later. To me, that would say a little bit more about what they believe they already have or had gotten by that point in time because well, free agency would effectively be pretty much completed yeah. by the draft, what they'd already accumulated elsewhere, whether that be running back, tight end, wide receiver, linebacker, corner, safety, all of those things, they've met those needs. Um, was the GM, by the way, that you were uh, referencing, which said, look, you fill the holes in free agency and draft for the future, was that Brad Holmes? I don't remember. Who got executive of the year this year? 
uh, for the Detroit Lions. I don't remember. Who uh, he said something remember who similar. Said. That's probably a fairly general, blanketed sort of yeah. philosophy. Um, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Because and the reason why you do that is because most most in most cases rookies are not ready to contribute at a high level in the NFL when they first come into the league. Right, but some do. But and in the if, position that hang on because the position that this team is in right now, they're ready to win now. Mm-hmm. Like they are ready to. They just won the division. They just won a playoff game. They are ready to take the next steps to possibly winning a Super Bowl. And the idea that you draft a guy at 23 who's going to be able to help you do that, those odds are pretty slim. Well, you got one of them last year in Will Anderson, and you got... But he was the second pick. He was the third pick in the draft. Like sure. that's, a, that's a completely different level of prospect than a guy that you're taking at 23. Guys that you take at 23, they tend to take a little bit longer. They're not ready to jump right in and be great players. That's why you take Will Anderson at three, because you know that he's going to be a great player, yeah. not just in the future, but he's going to be a great player right away. That's why, to me... The best thing that they could do, if they want to try and win a Super Bowl this year, which they have a they have an opportunity to do it because they have the, a great quarterback, and right now he's only taking up 3% of your cap. So you have an opportunity to go out and splurge a little bit now. So trade the pick and go get somebody who's going to be able to step in right away and not just step in, but step in and be a really good player for you right now. Um, that's what I would, if I'm them, that's what I'm looking to do. I'm taking 23 and I'm trading it for a high-level player. Last year, taken at number 23, Minnesota Vikings, Jordan Addison, 22, Zay Flowers, Ravens, 21, Quentin Johnston, Chargers, 20, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Seattle. So, so, I mean, those are those are fine players. Some of them contributed at a high level in the NFL. Some didn't. But, like, I know, like, I know right now, and I'm just going to throw this out as an, as an example, I know T. Higgins can step in right away and be a great player. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what I'm getting from T. Higgins. Would you rather have, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl in 2024, would you rather have T. Higgins and trade the pick, or would you rather roll the dice on a draft pick at 23? No. To me, I would rather go out and get the player. Yeah, you you go out and get the player. And I don't don't think the Texans are in a position to where, like, you go and overpay for a particular guy if it's a wide receiver, if it's a running back. I mean, I think... They got the flexibility to get the running back. But what I'm trying to say is the Texans aren't one player away. They're multiple players away, but they're still very close. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's it, it's it's still not in the same conversation to where the Texans can afford to use a first-round pick 
on a position that they cannot utilize right away, and that is a tackle. And it's based on what they did this past season during training camp when they had to go out and get a couple of dudes because of injuries that ended up serving them very well. And in the case of George Fant, started all season long pretty much up until the last couple of three games of the season. Um, And then, look, came back and was a badass for you in the postseason. Necessary. Um, I still think that is a a way that Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans can continue to operate. And there's possibility of getting an impact player that could help you defensively at 23, maybe slightly higher if you trade up, maybe slightly lower if you feel like you could trade down, depending on the runs at these positions. Hell, if it's a Byron Murphy, who I know his stock is rising, but if that's a a guy that Texans absolutely fall in love with, assuming they don't retain Jonathan Grenard, and you think that dude would be an absolute badass NFL-ready game changer, somebody to line up along uh, across from Will Anderson, do it. I don't know if they're going to be able to get him, but, I mean, that's something you got to consider. I'd way more consider that than an offensive lineman. Just talking it through. Again, I would trade the pick. Yeah. I would trade the pick. If I don't trade the pick, I take the best guy available. All right. 713-572-4610. You can weigh in on the poll. Um, Even though it's uh, misrepresented, according to Adam Spillane, I I don't think it is. Uh, Would you be disappointed if the Texans drafted an offensive tackle in the first round? No, he remained very neutral because... He was not neutral at all. (laughs) (laughs) Figgy, did I misrepresent that? I think he did a little bit. Damn you. Because he he did say he wanted to trade the pick for a player. Spo says all kinds of stuff. He just throws crap up against the wall to see if it sticks. (laughs) I'm the exact opposite of that. (laughs) Coming up next, we'll play the hit. Stay there. Playing all the hits. These are the hot stories of the day. You're listening to In the Loop with Houston's sports leader, Sports Radio 610. All right, before we get to the hits, I have corrected a uh, a misrepresentation, at least an alleged one, by uh, one Adam Spillane and uh, supported by Figgy. I fixed the poll question. Redo okay. on the poll question, I said, since Spo and Figgy felt I misrepresented the initial take by Spo. Ask the question quite simply. Would you be disappointed if the Texans drafted a tackle in the first round? So you can go ahead and vote on Twitter at Sports Radio 610 at Sean Bajani. Uh, and I know Spo would love to hear from you. Uh, you're getting a lot of love via the text line, Spo, on uh, that possibility. Uh, and by love, I mean absolutely uh, hate. Um, so there you go. <laughs> Hey man, they don't run teams. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. You have an opinion. We want to. We want to hear it, and um, I will get to a lot of them here in a little bit after we play the hits. First up on the hits, Stros beat the Mets two to one last night. More importantly, Ronel Blanco pitched pretty well in uh, two and two thirds innings. Gave up just uh, two hits, struck out two, no walks. Got another taste of Jordan. Uh, hitting in the two-hole last night. Similar lineup to what we may see on the regular come the regular season. You had Altuve, Jordan, Bregman, Tucker, and Abreu, Pena, Caratini, Dubon, and Salazar. That's really the top five hitters that uh, I'm concerned about, Altuve, Jordan, Bregman, Tucker, and Abreu. You feel like um, that's something you could get used to seeing and that maybe uh, Joe Espada explores a little bit more as the spring goes on? I think that's what it's going to be. Good. I think I think it's that five. Diaz batting sixth, McCormick batting seventh, Myers batting eighth, uh, maybe Pena batting eighth, and then Myers batting ninth on opening day. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably what they will go with. Mm-hmm. Assuming 
all those guys are healthy and we've got a long way to go. Yeah, it's a long way to go. Uh, you still got 20-some-odd ball games uh, remaining to play in the spring and uh, still a lot of health concerns. Uh, we'll get to uh, some of your biggest Astro spring training takeaways uh, a little bit later on, but, you know, just initially, I mean, so far so good in terms of Jordan Alvarez. I mean, he's played in a couple of spring games now in a two-spot. I was interested to hear him uh, and hear his take on hitting in the two-hole the other day. I don't know if you had a chance to read any of his comments. I think Chandler Rome had caught up with him or it could have been Leah Van from the Chronicle. Uh, I can't remember, but he said that's something that he's actually got to mentally prepare for. You know, <laughs> He'd not done it but a handful of times before in his career. I think he did it maybe in 2021 a few games, but it's like, damn, you know, Altuve swings. Yeah. You got to be ready to go up there and, uh, and, and swing the bat is – is that something that you would anticipate maybe being a little bit of a challenge for Jordan? No. Or I don't either, because hitting is hitters hitting. hit, dude. Yeah. Hitters hit. I just like the idea of possibly getting thirty to fifty more at bats in a particular season, depending on the playing time of Jordan. Obviously. Yeah, and that that is going to be that that really is the one adjustment. Is that the game starts, Altuve leads off, and he swings at the first pitch, and oh, I'm already up. Like mm-hmm. that's that's really the one adjustment, but I don't foresee that being any sort of a problem. It's not like he's going to be pitched any differently because he's batting second as opposed to third or fourth. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I love it. Uh, Next up on the hits, UH basketball back in action tomorrow night in Oklahoma. I get a feeling of a little bit of a trap game here. Uh, Cougs took the top spot in the nation earlier this week for the first time all season. Uh, They beat Cincy. This, I say, has a trap game feel to it because you look at what Oklahoma uh, has done in recent games. They've lost to Baylor, Kansas, and Iowa State within their last five. They've got two wins, and they've been squeakers against Oklahoma State, one by four and one by two in overtime a few nights ago. Uh, I was impressed a little less so than uh, Patrick when uh, he and I were talking uh, a couple of nights ago in Area 45 about Hey, you know what? The Cougs, they went out and they had a wire-to-wire win. They played really good basketball against Cincinnati, responded after taking the top spot in the country. And I said, dude, this is a team that's been there, done that before. That's the culture now. That's the expectation. I'm not necessarily surprised. Um, they got three games left, including this one upcoming uh, tomorrow night against Oklahoma. How do you feel about these Cougs and their tournament chances? Um, I know it's still a little bit away, but it's getting close. Yeah, it's, it's getting there. Uh, they're really good. They really are good. And... The injuries have kind of caught up to them. Um, I know that was something that Kelvin Sampson talked about the other night, is that they've lost two really key bench guys. Uh, Terrence Arsenault they lost in uh, December. Uh, They lost Ramon Walker last week. So the depth isn't quite there. Offensively, it's going to sometimes be a struggle. Like It's not a great offensive team, but defensively there's nobody in the country better. Like And it really isn't particularly close. Like They are an elite defensive team. They rebound. Their bigs are they're they're a really physical team. They're they're a, a well connected team. I certainly think I, their chances of winning a national championship have gone up in my book over the last couple of weeks. The the Baylor game to me was incredibly impressive because I wanted to see how they would handle playing against a great offensive team, and they handled that Baylor game really well. Where they jumped on Baylor early, they withstood the Baylor run in the second half, and then they took over in overtime because. As good as U of H is defensively, you're, there are times when you're going to run into the hot team, mm-hmm. especially with like if you if you get matched up with Alabama. Alabama is an elite offensive team that can throw 100 points up on you if they get hot. 
I don't think U of H can hand. I don't think that's a game that U of H can win. But I think that there is a they they showed defensively though that they are good enough to avoid those types of games. Well, that's and, that's the kicker. Yeah. So that yeah. that was what I wanted to see with the Baylor games. Like, okay, how do you get? How do you look against one of these elite offenses? Because they played at Kansas. The the one bad defensive game that they played probably all season was against Kansas. So now you mm-hmm. go to Waco and you play an elite offensive team in Baylor. And listen, Baylor got its points, but for a half, U of H just looked like they they completely stifled that Baylor attack. So that was that was to me the game that showed that this U of H team can win a national championship. Can I tell you something? Um, that Baylor game that they pulled out in overtime the other night, where it almost didn't go to overtime when Shed mm-hmm. just needed like a half a millisecond longer, and that shot would have counted at the buzzer. I'm actually glad that didn't count because of the way the Cougars performed in that overtime period. And look, maybe this is going a little bit too far with it because at the end of the day, for most people, a win is a win. But it would have been a little bit of a different feel if that shot at the buzzer counts and it comes after you blow a 16-point second-half lead and you get the feeling like, ah, they just squeaked by and what does that really mean? No. Overtime came, and they dominated. They clamped down defensively. They took care of business on offense. They hit clutch free throws. That is a team that had the opportunity to step on the throat, and they did. The big thing that you mentioned right there was the free throws. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's not a great free throw shooting team, but the fact that they were able to go to the line and make free throws late in the game, I thought that that was a really important aspect of that win last Saturday. And listen, I don't see OU as a trap game. I don't know if OU is very good. Um, like you said, they haven't been playing well. They've been injured. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been hit by the injury bug over the course of the season. It's also Kelvin Sampson's return to Oklahoma. I don't think he's coached there since he left in 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's an interesting aspect of this game. I think the trap game for U of H is next week when they play Central Florida going into the Kansas game. Yeah. Because I, I guarantee you, they got that Kansas game circled on their calendars because of how poorly they played in Lawrence last month. Yeah, and you know, that game, that was a really bad start. You know, if the Cougs get off to a bad, it's so hard for them to just, you know, fight back from an early hole because they're not a great, you know, offensive team. That's not a team that's going to, I mean, they've shown the propensity to be able to, you know, match, you know, go tit for tat with a good uh, shooting team, but that's just not their MO. I mean, they they play really hard. They play physical. Their defensive team, um, it, they got down like 9-2 to two in that Kansas game, 11-2, to two, whatever it was, and it was like, oh, boy, here well, we go. Kansas did whatever you know? they wanted yeah. offensively. Yeah, and, and they so, were making everything. Yeah, so the fact that Kansas was able to get easy shots in that game, and uh, it hurt that uh, Javier Francis got hurt early in that game, and so Hunter Dickinson did anything that he wanted. I'm really looking forward to that U of H Kansas game next Saturday. I yeah. think that's going to be a lot of fun. And it could be for U of H an opportunity to to win the Big 12. And I'm waiting to see, because this U of H program has accomplished a lot the last five, six years, but there's always kind of been a yeah, but with it. Like they went to the final four in 2021. Yeah, but they didn't play a seed that was ranked higher than 10 mm-hmm. on their way to the final four, uh, on their way to the final four. They've won a bunch of conference titles. Yeah, but it was in the American. 
there's no yeah but when you win the Big 12. The Big 12 is as good as it gets in this in the country right now. And to go through a Big 12 schedule in the first year after losing two first-round picks, that's an incredibly impressive accomplishment. Amen. He's Adam Spillane, Sean Bajani in for Landry Locker, John Lopez. You're in the loop. Coming up next, we'll roll into the 12 o'clock hour. More NFL rule changes in the works. What the NFL could do that would give you an upwards of an extra 3,000 plays back in the game. That's next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 